Welcome to the Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. With all the things that are going on around us, the sickness, disease, the crime, the political environment, the believers should not get thrown off from what God wants us to do. It was Paul who said we should have a goal of pleasing God. Have you thought about what your goal is in your Christian walk? How do we please God? We present ourselves to him completely and totally. He wants us to make a difference in the world. Let our light shine that men may see our good works and glorify the Father. He wants us to be an ambassador for him, sharing the gospel in this dark hour so other people can come out of darkness into his marvelous light. Join us today as we continue to walk in the light of God's word. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things he done while in the body, whether good or bad. Oh, let me read that one more time. That's some shouting. Come on, that's for shouting right there, ain't it? There ain't that shouting? We've done some good things? Are, are we ready to go receive? So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. You're going to get paid. And in view of the fact that we have an eternal home waiting for us in heaven, there is something we need to do today. Number one, he says, make it our goal to please God. Based on what I've already told you, you should and you ought to make it your goal to please God. How many of you have taken some time to plan your life even with a list of goals and achievements you want to. Now, some of us don't plan for anything. We just get up every day and try to see what happens. We've made no plans. We have no goals. We have nothing. We just get up and try to see day by day. I'm going to just see what happened. And we go from one thing to another, and we never make any progress down any course of action because we don't have any plan. Someone said, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Some people are going down any road. They have no plans, no goals. They haven't tried to achieve anything. Do you have any educational goals? Do you have any financial goals? Do you have retirement goals? Any other personal goals? Paul says if you have no goals, you at least need to have one. See, when you have a goal, you'll start making a plan, hopefully, to achieve that goal. You'll start saying, okay, so here's my goal. What do I need to do? To get there, your goal may be to be financially secure. And you may not have any money right now. You may not be in a financially secure position, but if that's your goal, you say, What is the first thing I need to start doing? It may be, I need to reduce my debt. I need to stop spending all the money I have. That may be your first step. The second one, I need to start saving some of the money that I have. And then thirdly, once I do that, reduce my debt, get rid of my bills, being more conservative, start sacrificing, then I need to start investing and in whatever for the future. Now my plans are helping me to go toward my goal. 
That's why you have a goal so you can plan. We also said if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Whenever we have goals in life, whether it's trying to plan for our financial future, our educational future, our retirement, whatever it might be, whenever we have goals, there are challenges and obstacles to distract us, to challenge us, and even to hinder us. Well, there are some of you been planning maybe to have a goal of financial security for the last 30 years. You haven't gotten there yet because every time you try to do something, something come up. Stuff come up when you try to plan. You want to go back to school, but something come up. You had some cheering, and you had more cheering than you planned. You got to wait. Now, I'm trying to wait until all the kids get out the house, and they're not out the house. They're 37 years old. They're still in the house. So I planned on doing this. I planned on opening my own business, but I just never could get there. Something always came up. Sometimes we'll have health issues that come up. Sometimes we'll have marriage issues that come up. We'll have children issues that come up, catastrophe issues, other people issues, employer issues, creditor issues, legal issues. All these things will come up to deter us from reaching our goals that we plan. Consequently, we fall short of our goals and sometimes we never reach them. But if we make it our goal to please God, there is nothing that can come up to keep you from reaching that goal. Let me say that again. If you make it your goal to please God, there is nothing that can come up that will keep you from reaching your goal if that's what you try to do. You can have health issues and still please God. You can have legal issues and still please God. You can have financial issues, other people issues, and still please God. Nobody can stop you from pleasing God. But you, you can stop yourself from pleasing God. You're the only one that will prevent you from pleasing God. You're the only one. You are the only one that will keep you from pleasing God. The only one that will keep you from pleasing God is you. You will say, I don't see it that way. You will say, I don't think I have to do all of that. You will say, it don't take all of that. You will say, God know my heart. Only you can stop you from pleasing God. But first thing you know, you need to make it your goal. And today, before you leave here, I want you to at least consider whether it would be my goal to please God. Because a lot of us never thought about it. You know, that should be a goal that I have to please God. We say we want to please God. We say we want to love God. We want God to use our life. But did you ever have it as a goal? It is my goal to please. If you make that your goal, you're going to have to figure out what it takes to please God. Now you got a plan. What does it take to please God? Here's what Paul said about his own life. He said, it has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known. That was one of his goals. I want to take the gospel where Christ is not known so that I would not be building on somebody else's foundation. Therefore, he took it to Asia Minor. He took it to Corinth. He took it to Philippi. He took it to Colossae. He says, I'm going where nobody else is going. God is sending me there. And that's what he did. He also said for us in our encouragement in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, dear brothers, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully 
to the work of the Lord. Give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord will not be in vain. Now, that's a mouthful and that's a big challenge. None of us want to give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord. We don't want to do that. That will interfere with our own plans and our own agenda. Listen, you can give yourself fully to the work of the Lord while you're working on your job. Giving yourself fully don't mean that you're going to have to be in full-time ministry. What it means is that your number one goal is pleasing God wherever you are. That's a full-time job right there. That's fully. Pleasing God every day as your goal and being successful at it is a full-time job. My mind, my heart, my soul belongs to you. We sing the song and then we walk out and he gets none of that. There's a reason that Paul emphasizes our pleasing the Lord as a priority. He tells us in verse 10 again, why should we please the Lord as we walk by faith? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, each one may receive what is due him for the things done while you live in here. Whether you did the good or the bad or the ugly. God don't like ugly. I thought I'd just throw that in there. The judgment seat of Christ is the place of revelation. That word appear, he said when we all appear, that word means be revealed. We will all be revealed before the judgment seat of Christ, where everything will be uncovered. Let me put it this way for those in our culture today. The video will be played. Just the highlights. You can go on there, you know, and watch some of the World Series. You know, that game five was such a wonderful game. That game was five hours, but you can see the whole highlights in 14 minutes. So your life might be 50, 60, 70 years, and the Lord, he's going to reduce it down to the highlights in about a minute and a half. He said, let's take a look at this. You're going to be revealed. As we live and work here on earth, it's pretty easy for us to hide things, to pretend, but the true character of our works will be exposed before the eyes of the Savior. This passage tells us He will reveal whether our works have been good or bad. That's worthless. The character of our service is going to be revealed and also the motives of why we did it is going to be revealed. Oh, Lord, you know, I did good works. Yeah, 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 but you just did that so you could be seen. Look at it. Look at that. And nobody told you to just get up in front of the church and just run all back and forth like that. Look at you. You just wanted to be seen. Why didn't you come to prayer meeting and do all that? I just thought I'd throw that in too. It's going to be a place of reckoning as we give account of the ministries that God has appointed us to. Paul had already told the church that you are the aroma of Christ. You believers, you are the aroma of Christ. Wherever you go, you have the aroma of Christ that should be coming out of you. The cologne, the perfume. Folks ought to just enjoy Christ coming from you. That's what he told us. He also said you are a letter from Christ, written from Christ, 
with the Holy Spirit upon your heart. You are a letter from Christ. You ought to be sharing Jesus Christ with people. They ought to be able to read Christ in your life. And then he also said, you are competent ministers of the new covenant. You are competent to minister to people, uh, to fulfill this assignment. Now, you're standing before the judgment seat of Christ. He said, now let's check that out, see what you've done. For those who have been faithful, it's going to be a time of rejoicing. And if we've been faithful, it's going to be a time and a place of reward and recognition. Now, this is the judgment seat of Christ, and the word that's translated here is bema. They had a bema seat right there in Corinth. That was the place where the people would come and where judgment would be rendered over their lives. And Paul used that analogy, and he said, it's going to be the judgment seat of Christ. Now, this is not the, the great white throne judgment in the book of Revelation where all the sinners are going to be judged. This is the judgment seat of Christ restricted to just the believers. The sinners are going to be judged and sent to hell. The believers are going to be judged for how we function with the assignments that we have been given. He said, for we must all appear. Didn't he say that? No one will be able to escape it. No Christian. You can't melt into the crowd. You can't hide and say, well, uh, y'all go on. Y'all go on. Because he's going to get to each and every one of you. We will be held accountable for our individual actions and our commitment. So your chances of fooling God, who knows even our subconscious, it's going to be non-existent. You can't go up there and say, no, Lord, that's not me. Well, uh, Lord, what had happened was that's not going to work. In fact, you're not going to have to say anything. He's just going to talk to you and say, okay, this is this and this is that. And you're going to know and everybody else is going to know because when you talk to everybody else, they're going to know that he knew too about us. And we know that if you knew that about us, I know you knew that about them. Paul remarks, drives a couple of points home to us that are particular for the Corinthians and for us. What humans do in the body has moral significance and eternal consequences. That's what he's telling you. You're getting ready to go out and minister. You're God's people. I want you to know that what you do have eternal consequences. Everyone who is mindful of their mortality must be mindful of their morality. If you're going to go and be with Christ when you die, you need to be mindful of your morality. Our moral responsibility before God means that Christians can never be indifferent to what pleases God. You can't just say, oh, well, you know, to each his own, and, you know, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. You know, you have your truth, and I have my truth. No, it ain't your truth and my truth. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth. There's only one truth. So don't let these people argue with you and try to tell you everybody has a truth. Okay, if it's daylight outside, you can't talk about my truth says night. Your truth is just saying you ain't got good sense. That's what your truth is saying. When we talk about truth, sometimes those who think they're smart that says, you know, there is... uh, there's no way that you can say there is an absolute. There is a truth. You, there is no absolutes. That's what they'll say, which means there is nothing that's just for certain like that. I say, you say there is no absolutes? 
Are you certain about that? That's an absolute. Do you believe what God said? Here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Don't you fool yourself. I don't care what they say on Facebook and Snapchat and Twitter. Don't listen to those people. They don't know. They're just talking. Don't you fool yourself. Neither the sexually immoral or idolaters nor adulterers nor male prostitutes or homosexual offenders nor thieves nor greedy nor drunkards nor slanderers nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Don't you fool yourself. You don't want to wait till the judgment to figure that out. Oh, really? What do you mean, really? It's been in the Word of God. Then you hear what the preacher said? Boy, it got quiet in here when I read that passage. <laughs> There's somebody saying, well, you know what? That's just the Bible. That was in the old days. That was, yeah. Forget about it. Listen, we're going to tell you so that when you get to heaven or get to the judgment, uh, some people who are in church will not even make it to the beamer seat of Christ because they ain't saved. You just in church. But it's time out right now. Things are so critical that we cannot afford not to give you the truth of the Word of God. You can go plenty of places and get it watered down and just get what you like. You can just get dessert all you want, but we're going to have to give you some Brussels sprouts. I thought I'd throw that in. And some broccoli and some asparagus and some cabbage and some squash and some beets. Stuff that you don't like to eat, but it's good for you. Somebody's going to have to tell the truth. So when you're standing in that line, you want to you hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You don't want to go say, why didn't the preacher tell me that? The teaching about the judgment seat before which all believers must come remind us that we have been saved, not for a life of aimlessness or indifference, but a life to the Lord. I'm going to have to stand before him someday and give account of my service, and so will you. This should motivate us to serve him in the way that's acceptable. When Paul says we must all appear, remember that he's writing to the believers. Since we'll be judged, let's make it our goal to please God. Now, listen to me very closely. You can do that right now. Make it your goal. You don't have to wait till you get home. You ain't got to think about it. If you got to think about it, then you might want to come to the altar and say, Lord, will you save me? Will you help me? If you got to discuss in your mind whether or not you're willing to make it your goal to please God, the Spirit of God might not be on the inside of you. He's always contending with us to please God. He's always, and if you can't hear him saying, yes, we ought to do that, well, he might have been uh, so disconnected for so long, you might need to get reconnected. Here's what I want you to do. Here's your assignment. Would you make it your goal to please God beginning right now? Listen, and you can say, Lord, I'm making it my goal to please you starting right now, but not starting Monday, not starting at the beginning of the year. This is not a New Year's resolution. Lord, I'm going to make it my goal to please you. I got some other things I need to get right. No, you can say right now, it's my goal to please you. Now, you may have some challenges and some things you got to overcome, but you're still your goal. 
is still your goal and say, Lord, remind me when I'm not pleasing you. Holy Spirit, just nudge me, remind me, tug on my heart and say, that wasn't right, that ain't working, that ain't working. That ain't working, you're going to have to do that over again. Come on, just put him to work. He's ready to work on us. Say, that's not pleasing, that's not pleasing. How do we please God? Decide to please him in our thinking. Decide to please him in our speaking. Decide to please him in our actions. So I want to please you in my thought life. I want to please you in my speaking life, what I say, what comes out of my mouth. I want to please you, Lord. I want to please you in my action. Uh, Paul put it this way. If you want to please God, present your body as a living sacrifice. Present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, your spiritual act of worship. Present yourself. Bring yourself to the Lord. Say, Lord, I want my life to be pleasing unto you. Come on, I I challenge you right now. That's what we're getting to today. Make it your goal. Put it down. Write it down. Put it in your mind. Put it in your heart. Lord, I want to be pleasing to you. And then start over again tomorrow. And when you wake up in the morning, Lord, I'm offering this day to you. I'm offering this day. This is my goal to please you today. Paul is saying, make it your goal to please the Lord. And then at the end of the day, well, well, don't wait till the end of the day. Do a midday check. Some of us have to check every hour. Well, Lord, how was that? Right? We might have to start every hour because we may not have been doing that. You start on Monday morning, and sometime before you get to work, you have to start over again because somebody cut in front of you on the freeway, and you cussed them out in your mind. So, okay, Lord, that was my thinking. I need to be pleasing to you. I'm a little short on my goal for that hour. I want to please you the next hour. That's how we do that. It's a work in progress. That's what sanctification is. Don't just say, oh, well, I tried to please him today. It didn't work, so forget about it. No, don't do that. Come on back again and and say, Holy Spirit, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Come on, somebody say, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help us to please you. Present your body as a living sacrifice and also yield yourself to the control of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come in and control my thoughts, control my mind, control my responses, control my reaction, control my initiations, my words, and things that I say to people. Come on, you pray right along with me. God, control me right now. I come under the control of the Holy Spirit. Fill me up, Holy Spirit, that you are living through my life, that my life is pleasing unto you. This is Jerry G. Martin, and again, as always, I am so thankful for the time you spend with us on this broadcast. We've been sharing the Word of God with you today to encourage you to allow God to use your life as He wants to use your life to be an ambassador for Him, to let your light shine. Is it your goal to please God in every way and to walk worthy before Him? I ask you to consider making it your goal today. Say to God, that you will follow him with your whole heart and commit your whole life to him now. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. That's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can hear today's message as well as previous messages that have been broadcast on this station. 
or visit us online at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. If you made a decision for Christ today and would just like someone to join you in prayer, call our prayer line number at 281-964-1393. Again, that's 281-964-1393. If you're looking for a Bible bookstore, we have the beacon right here on our campus at the Light of the World. You can get Bible, study material, communion supplies, offering envelopes, or whatever you need for your ministry. Call the Beacon at 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.